0: Blog Talk Radio All power to the people, all power to the people This is People's Black Panther Party And today's show we're going to be talking about the functional power Functional power, understanding functional power And how this in reference to basically the backdrop of COVID-19. This is more than any other time why we should be discussing functional power. We want to talk about what it is and why you don't have none and get into the aspects of what that means and work on ways to establish it. But the only way you can establish functional power is, first and foremost, like we deal with, with the People's Black Panther Party, is to find it getting into this. Our National Chairman is Brother Yangon Krumer. National director of Operations is Sister Seven. I'm the National Chief of Staff, Brother War. And like always with the uh, what I show here, panel 48 is the, the panel, which is Brother E and Brother Syke. So what we're going to do today is we're going to let Brother Syke jump into the discussion to clarify and set up the ground rules as it applies to the three Ds in terms of the defining and the definition because you have to have clarity of language before you do anything else. And clarifying the language is how we get into things by creating a groundwork of definition so that the listening audience can understand and overstand where it is we're going with the subject matter as well as how to interject and how to apply this across their life. So without further ado, let me let Psych jump in with the, uh, with the intro here. Go ahead, brother. All right, then. all right. Uh, Peace and power. Well, I'm going to start off, as Brother Watts said, with breaking down and explaining the definition of power. The definition is simple. The explanations can be intricate, though. You know, power, in its most simple and most basic understanding, is the ability to bring about a result in one's environment. That's it. Power is the ability to bring about an effect. Hugh P. Newton once said that that, power is defined Power is the ability to define phenomenon and then cause it to act in a desired fashion. Now phenomenon is anything that you can that you can experience uh through the ability to, of sight smell taste touch, and hearing anything that you can physically have contact with he said the the the, the first step toward power is the ability to define that and then cause it to act in a desired manner, in a desired fashion. And that's why definitions are so important, because once you get a certain ideal in, in the mind, then your mind mentally, uh, uh, whatever it is that you perceive it to be, that's why he explained it in that, in, <clears throat> in that way. Without disability, man can never truly survive or feel safe without power. History has proven to us that those with power would take from those who have less power than they do. Matter of fact, a revolutionary's primary uh, job or desire in life is to be free. And you can never be free if you don't have power to defend that freedom. But as I just said, history has shown us this. History proves that to us that those without power are forever at the mercy of those with power. The moment that the powerful desire decide that you no longer deserve to exist, you will die. A few quotes to prove this, and I'm going to read a couple of them from uh, Barack Obama's book, Dreams from My Father. He quotes his stepfather, Lolo, telling him when he was a little boy, he said that men take advantage of weakness in other men. Uh, They're like countries in that way. The strong man takes the weak man's land. He makes the weak man work in his fields. If the weak man's wife is pretty, the strong man will take her. Better to be strong. If you can't be strong, be clever and make peace with a strong man. But always better to be strong yourself. Robert Greene quotes a debate between Athens and Milos in The 48 Laws of Power. He said, they say, you know as well as we do that the standard of justice depends on the equality of power to compel. In fact, the strong do what they have the power to do, and the weak accept what they must. One of the attributes that man always applies to God, the creator of the universe, is omnipotence, which simply means all-powerful. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or a genius to understand that the closer you get to that that uh, quality of God and wisely use that power, the closer you are to that attribute of God. And, and even think of this on a physical level. When a man cannot get erect, he's called impotent. The word impotent literally means without power. He is unable to have sex and produce children, so he has lost his ability to cause an effect. He has lost his ability to bring about a desired effect. Power is a very important attribute of man. So the definition is simple, the ability to bring about an effect. But there are different types of power. And the uh, Blueprint for Black Power by Amos Wilson, he explained it in these ways. He said that uh, power can be power power can be used as a force. It can be used as coercion. It can be used as influence. And it can be used as manipulation. And, and, a, and a, just a simple uh, explanation of these four that he explained uh, forces are self-explanatory. I pull out a gun. I tell you, I, I, I make you do what I want you to do. I beat you up. I physically restrain you, or I even create a uh, a situation where you have to move in the way that I want you to move, such as placing you in prison or holding you hostage, putting you in a trunk. Any of these things, any of these things, involve me using force to persuade you, make you do what I want you to do. And that's force is power. Now he said the, the downside of that is that it provokes uh, resistance. Sooner or later, if you ever get the opportunity to knock me upside my head and get free, you will. As long as you're afraid and you know I can, I can harm you, you'll play like you're submitting. But as soon as you have the opportunity, I turn my back and you can hit me upside the head with a skillet or something, you're going to do, do it and get free. Then he talked about coercion as power, and it's kind of related to force as power. But in coercion, it's more like a threat. You it, know, it, it, I don't even have to have the ability to, uh, uh, to to carry out my threat. But if you believe it, then you're going to act in my desired fashion. If, I, if a person walks into a bank with a sack over their hand and, and the people believe they have a gun and say, give me all your money, I'm going to kill you. That's coercionist power. He doesn't really have a gun. It's just a thing in the bag. But because the people believe that he can carry out his threat, the people are acting in the way that he wants them to act. Again, The the, uh, downside of that is for the same reason as force is power. It'll it'll provoke resistance. As soon as a person feels like they got an opportunity to get out from under your threat, they will take that that advantage of it. Then you have a more stronger type of power, and that's influence's power. Now, we've all had this with our parents, our fathers and our mothers, or even any influential figures in our lives, people, people that we respected and had much love for, and therefore we automatically felt like they knew what was right. So we follow them and listen to them, and they, and we allow them to influence our actions. Uh, 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 but as you know, that even has a downside because if they tell us to do something we didn't like, we may pretend like we're gonna do it, and then do whatever we want to do. Then along with that influences power, you have a uh, uh, competence and a uh, legitimate authority as a type of power. You know the expert opinion. When when we when we debate ideas and debate concepts, the first thing we'll do is we'll go to an expert or somebody that's highly respected. What well, Malcolm X said this, or as I just quoted, uh, Blueprint from Black Power by Amos Wilson says this, and and that and that makes the influence that much more powerful because we respect Amos Wilson as a learned scholar and someone that has done his research and, and uh, not just stating his feelings and his opinion, but giving us actual facts. So that's that's influence as power, and then the last. Is manipulation is power, which according to Amos Wilson is one of the greatest uses of power. Because in, in the in the in the aspect of manipulation is power, you make the, the uh you make the recipient of this manipulation believe that they came up with this on their own. You create the situation, the environment, and even the ideas in such a way that they act in the way that you want them to, without knowing that they're doing what you want them to do. So therefore, there is no resistance. And the Art of War by Sun Tzu. He said, uh, uh, Sun Tzu said this, and it and it ties into this. He said, a uh, hundred arrows fired by a hundred trained archers may or may not kill the enemy, but carefully devised strategy will kill the enemy in his mother's womb. And this is that this is their greatest form of power, that greatest form of warfare. When he said that the, that the uh, that the great skilled general wins all without fighting. This is that type of uh, power utilized and expressed on that way. And uh, <clears throat> before I turn it over to Brother War, let me say this. Hugh P. Newton, he said he explained uh, political power in this way. He said that politics is war without bloodshed, and that war is politics with bloodshed. He was, he was, uh, he was quoting Von Clausewitz's uh, book on war when he said this, and the explanation goes is this. That when people want something from other people, when countries want something from another country, then they sit down and they go into diplomatic matters. They're discussing, debate the issue. After the debate is over, if the the people have not gotten what they wanted, politics continues. But it usually moves to bloodshed in which we differentiate as war. So politics is, is war without bloodshed, and war is politics with bloodshed. And he explained that in order to be political in the political arena, that you have to be able to give a political – he said you look absurd claiming that you're political or claiming that you have any kind of political power if you cannot give a political consequence. And he said to have true political power, you've got to have one of three things. You either got to have feudal power, which is land, you got to have economic power, which is is resources, you have to control resources, or you have to have military power. And he went on to explain military power not just as uh, 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 an invading army able to kill and wipe out the land, but as people power. Military power is just a group, the group effect. The group has the ability to change things when the group moves in a certain unit. And that and that was the power that the original Panther Part in the sixties utilized because it was the only power that they had. And he as a matter of fact to quote Hewitt directly, he said that the only power that they had was the power of potentially destructive force if they didn't get freedom. So these are the are the different types and typologies of power and how power is expressed. Um, but would you like to feed in on this? Yeah, I go in a little bit and um, add a few more things on here because I know um, from time to time people like to jump into, um, you hear it a lot of times on social media, they deal with the aspect, and a lot of times they want to point the finger at the Illuminati, so to speak, and the one percenter. So I got a few things that I looked up that, um, in reference to some books that supposedly printed on that note that I want to throw out there. One book is, is titled The First Testament of the Illuminati, and in this book in Chapter 6, which is uh, – that chapter is titled The Secret of Power. It states, Power never rests upon those who deserve it. Power is given to those who reach to take it and claimed by those who will stop at nothing to fulfill what they believe is their birthright. And I want to say that. One thing you got to keep in mind on that statement right there, it says that they will stop at nothing to fulfill what is they, what they believe is their birthright. So this is coming from the perspective of people that's bottom line already feel like, as they established themselves in adulthood, it was their birthright to be in power. That was, that's the mentality, is that they are so important or they are so much above everybody else that they claim it as their birthright. That's how powerful that is, and that's where we need to go when we think about the concept of power. And I will go on to, um, to deal with the idea of uh, what we refer to as the acronym SIT and why it is so important to recognize the low levels of details and control as it applies to the position of power. Another one is a book titled The 66 Laws of the Illuminati. Now, in this book, law number 44 says, give your time to those things which are important. The lesson goes on to state that I cannot be... Mines packaged, stored, or saved. I am not a solid, a gas, nor am I a liquid. Yet I can be both described qualitatively and quantitatively. What am I? I am time. Basic of economic principles state that resources are scarce. Knowing this, one should be careful to manage them. Time is a resource, but a resource like no other. This is a resource that cannot be replenished. That is why it should be guarded like the virginity of your only daughter. That's coming out of a, a book entitled 66 Laws of the Illuminati. Now, you know how often we emphasize Panther 48 panel, at least, and the Panther Party, uh, the People's Black Panther Party in particular, emphasize the importance of time, the importance of Of getting your act together The importance of recognizing That we cannot play with ourselves So time here Is being referred to as A basic element Of power The root cause, the root core of power Is recognizing Your time In another book here Called Everything You Need to Know But Never Have Been Told It goes on to say Nothing defines the parameters of our experienced world more than time. Our very lives are defined by the passage of time as we go through the aging process. Every day, human life is defined, dictated, and limited by time. The illusion of time is created as a decoded concept in the human mind. The illusion of time is created by the way the brain constructs its decode and ages. In our mind, our brain takes 40 sensations or snapshots a second out of 11 million to construct our reality, our experience reality, and arrange information into a sequence. That's the important part because we're talking about the conscious and the subconscious. Yet the prime influence in this construction of illusionary time is perception, and we experience time in accordance with our mental and emotional state. So time is relative to the observer, the decoder, and his or her perceptions. So, again, it goes on to recognize that your perceptions are what control you. Your perceptions are determined based upon your experiences, your upbringing, and how you view yourself. If you don't know thyself, you have less ability to be in control of who you are. And this goes back to uh, uh, dealing with functional power. Another thing I want to get into as it applies to that would be one of the weapons that's used within that is mind control, which is dealing with the exercising of direct influence over another person's mind, either deliberately or inadvertently. That, again, happens in the course of dealing with element of power. If you have no idea what's going on in your mind and you're not in control of the things that you put into your mind, you will not be in power over yourself. Which brings me to the last element to deal with on that. What I refer to oftentimes on on our discussion is subliminal intrusive thought, which the acronym for that is SIT. So at times we'll say sit down. What do we mean when we say sit? We're talking about the act of injecting a target with a construct, mental implant, by way of communicating directly to the subconscious mind, and later having that construct reoccur to the target as an original thought. This method of programming can be applied via casual conversation, media outlets, which is the news, television, radio, so forth, and specifically as it applies to today's subject, the social media, because we find ourselves, especially now that people are under the the order to stay at home dealing with the COVID-19, people are all over social media just, just soaking up all kinds of information and misinformation, mind you, Because it applies to what's going on, how to move forward, what really happened, how do we get in this position. And, again, going to what Psych is talking about when we address and get into the elements of power and what power is, you have to recognize time as as a powerful resource, and you have to recognize that this is the perfect opportunity now that you are in a fragile state to fill your head with a lot of misinformation and misguide you to the path to where you will not be able to recognize your your own inner aspect to move you toward power is referred to oftentimes as irrelevant entertainment. And the point of irrelevant entertainment is to keep the masses on an entertainment level below the sixth grade. Mind you, below the sixth grade. So people are soaking up all kinds of stuff right now that are not that are not doing anything but bogging down their time, which is their resource. This is a perfect opportunity to be getting yourself more educated, more empowered about who you are and how to pursue a better way of life. But why don't we do that? Because too many of us are trapped in what's referred to as handicap education. And handicapped education goes into making sure you're void of real mathematics, real economics, real law and real history by way of inefficient processing methods designed to teach linear quantitative perception. And I've said that in the past. And basically what we get at with that is they make sure that you get caught up in focusing on next a uh, next sequence of events. If I tell you one, the next step is two, the next step is three, the next step is four. So the point being, you get caught up in a sequential, linear way of thinking and how you perceive life. Problem that comes from that, a real good example that comes from that is when you go to social media and you get exposed to a a quote-unquote theory about how we got in this situation or how um, such-and-such is in power, then they can show you snapshots or they can show you relative information or uh, bits of, of factual information about an individual, but you can basically tie different factual information together to form a actual overall lie. But because you're caught up into one point being true and then the next point being true and then the third point being true, which is taking you through a sequential process of taking down your guard and you're already in agreement mode with the first two, three, four steps that you heard, then when I throw in the next step, which is a complete lie, you have already opened up yourself to believe in everything that comes after that sequence of events that you were already on board with. And by doing that, people, it causes us to absorb and take in information that is misinformation, and we become victim to it. And next thing you know, here we are giving our spin to this whole situation and going on, jumping on social media and, and adding to the element of the lie and then adding on top of that, on top of that, and then everybody runs to it. The next thing you know, you've got this mass movement of misinformation going on. This people is the opposite of what it means to be in power. And that's just dealing with the power of knowing who you are and what you are and being in control of yourself. So with that, let, let me, uh see what Brother E got to say and jump in as as we deal with that aspect. Before Brother he get, get in there, uh I ain't trying to cut cut you out right quick, Brother E. <laughs> you said, you said some more that uh, yeah. that uh, that touched me and I wanted to add on to it right quick before we moved on. When you just talked about how people jump on social media and take any little information people give them and run with it and this is because we have a natural drive to be in power, to have some type of control of our lives and our situations. And in this situation, people feel powerless. So people start reaching out, looking for anything to make them feel more in control, like people running out buying all the toilet paper. That made them feel like, okay, I'm in control of this in some kind of way. I got this under, under control. When they have no control whatsoever, it's, a, it's creating an illusion of control and that false information people are getting off social media, <coughs> it makes them feel informed. Instead of doing the actual work and doing the research to truly inform themselves so they can have true information to operate and move off of, they, they've been, they're they doing lazy intellectual work by just accepting any little link or any little meme somebody sends at them. And, 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 and that makes them feel more powerful because the, even though, it's a, uh, even though it's an old saying, it's true. Knowledge is power. Knowledge gives you the ability to bring about a fix in your environment. But that's all I wanted to add on. Go ahead, buddy.
1: Yeah, so I can't disagree. I could, but I'm not with everything y'all said. But it's all still irrelevant. because there's no if, and I hope it's not the direction that we're pointing these things at, because if it goes in the direction of a communal sense of power, developing power within the community, that game time is up, as far as I'm concerned. If we're not talking about individual empowerment, i.e. how to apply the 48 laws or the 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 art of seduction or the the art of war uh, to me interacting with, you know, somebody next door when there's potential rioting going on up the street, when there's no food in the grocery stores. If I'm not able, or if we're not talking about, if we're not putting on the table ways in which to apply these concepts of power and how to utilize them in the field, on the day to day, on the individual level, again, because anything communal at this point, you're asking to be shot, you're asking to go to jail, you're asking for a whole lot of issues that we already have. You know, I uh, uh, came across some flyer about uh, encouraging people to go march for uh, we're fed, some we're fed up with a uh, uh, protest or some nonsense, and I please if anybody anybody listening to this comes across that nonsense, don't go along with it because you're asking. You see, cops are breaking up weddings and arresting the bride and groom. They're breaking up uh, 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 church services. They're breaking up birth, kids' birthday parties behind the guy. They drew, drug one dude off of a bus because he didn't have a mask on. I mean, four or five cops dragging this old dude off the bus. So, putting ourselves in that situation, and I pray, I pray, I don't know when, it's been years since I've kept up with Savior's Day and all of those going on, but I pray that if it hasn't already happened, that the minister delays that, delays it, puts it off for a while, because that could be a real issue. That could be a, 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 a major tipping point. But if we're not looking to utilize these concepts and these ideas that at one point in time, made sense to attempt to apply and and, and implore the community to latch on to and be a part of, then really we are not developing anything or providing anything for the masses of people as individuals at this point or whatever small clumps we're able to to grab onto in the very near future, then we're not really providing them with the tools that they need to, to, to pursue that. And that's why I say there's a level of irrelevance. Um, You know, being online and reaching out through phones and and things like that are going to be the community for the foreseeable future, you know, and and I think that we need to turn our attention, all of us people, period, turn our attention to developing the skills necessary to navigate these uncharted waters because none of us have ever lived through martial law, but it's creeping up on us. So, you know, if we're not reaching out and doing that, then then, yeah, I I don't disagree, but I can't agree wholeheartedly with everything that's said. Yeah, who wants to fight first?
0: (laughs) Well, I'd ask you to be more specific. You said, uh, uh, give me a point that you can't can't agree with, that you think is a problem. Well, that's why I say
1: I I, I don't disagree, but I can't completely agree, because while the, 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 the principles... Are sound and be proven and all of that sort of thing. What's
0: the application? Well, in my thinking, and I and I can agree with you wholeheartedly on this. That to me, it is always about building the individual first, because I think I think the mistake, I think a, a huge mistake, is to try to build a city before you build a house. You know, you build houses first, you build homes first, and then you build the city around that. Nobody ever built civilization by building the city first and then building the house. So you have to start in the small in, in the in the in the parts that you can affect. I think it, it was Confucius that said it once. Confucius said, uh, "I wish to change the world." He said, "But wishing to change the world, I realized that I have to uplift my nation. I wish to uplift my nation, but wishing to uplift my nation, I have to then rectify my community. To rectify my community, I realized I must teach my own household." teach my own household I must change myself and to change my own self I must educate my own mind so that's the process so it's always about the It's always about using these concepts of power I'm gonna tell a a small story a prison story It's it's a story from when I was in prison and it's simple but it applies to what you were just saying about how we use these principles and how we use this knowledge the brothers that I that I sit with and hung with and build with every day all of them were students of knowledge all these brothers, they was either five percenters, they was either Black Panthers, Nation of Islam, they were something more uh, Moorish science temple, uh, Mandingo warriors, they were something and they all built and studied knowledge every day, all day. You would come to the table that we sit at, and you would have the 48 Laws of Power, the Quran, the Bible, and these religious texts are not being read read as some fantasy spook in the sky. Uh, 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 Jill went up the hill type books. They've been read for the the political philosophy that's in them. So you had the 32 strategies of everything on the table, and we build every day. So anyway, we came across a situation where uh, one of the brothers – and in prison, to survive, you have to, you have to exercise certain hustles. not necessarily illegal uh, uh, for free world, but would be considered illegal for prison because they never want you to organize or be any kind of power structure. They want you to stay weak. So, so we, we went against that. And, and one of the brothers got snitched on for some of the things that he was doing. And when he found out who snitched on him, his first strategy, his first plan was, man, when he comes through the door, I'm going to beat him up. That was his first plan. And I asked him, I say, you're going to beat the snitch up? And he said, yeah. I say, why? He said, because, because he's a snitch. I just can't let him get away with that. I say, uh, uh, I'm not saying let him get away, but if he's a snitch and you beat him up, he's going to go tell that, and then you're going to have what little freedom that you have taken away from you. And, and I'm going to the, I'm gonna get to my point. But, uh, and he said, well, what am I supposed to do? Just let it alone? No, not just let it alone. Look at the books we have on the table. Look at the stuff we read every day. Are we just reading this stuff so we can sit around and sound smart and philosophize on these ideas? Or are you reading strategy to learn how to apply it? There's a way to deal with the snitch without messing yourself around. And, and, and in that in that situation, I'm not going to go into uh, full detail about what was done, but the snitch was dealt with without him having to touch him or lay a hand on him or without ha- any dirt having to come back to him because he applied strategies from the books that we had been studying. So the point is that you always take these principles, these, these, these points, and you utilize them in your personal life. And then once we can apply them and let them flower in our personal life, they, they stretch out. Uh, Hughie P. Newton once said, he said this. He said that, uh, well, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna quote Fred Hampson, quoting Hughie, because I like the way Fred broke this down. But Fred said, he said, here's the genius of Huey P. Newton. He said that Huey taught us that the people learn through observation and participation, that the people don't always learn, learn to read material, but they learn through observing the, the uh, proper behavior and then hopefully one day participating in it. If they respect what you're doing, then they're going to start exercising it. And one of the, uh, one of the, uh, the uh, illustrations that he gave to explain this point was this. He said that when Hugh and Bobby first started, they wanted a certain stop sign, at a certain section in Oakland. So they went down to the city hall, and they asked the people, hey, we need a stop sign down there. And essentially, they told him, nigga, get out of my face. You ain't getting no stop sign. So Huey then went back to the neighborhood. Huey created a sign. He gave Bobby a shotgun, and he said, I'm going to be the stop sign. And if any peacock sucker come along, I want you to blow his brains out. So Huey stood out there, and he became the stop sign. Eventually, the people observed the activity that Hugh and Bobby were participating in and they started to respect Hugh and Bobby and respected what they was doing. And by respecting it then the people picked up these concepts and picked up these ideas. So later, if 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 a pig walk up to the average dude in the streets and he say, Hey nigger, do you believe in socialism? And he say, No sir, I don't understand it. He say, Hey nigger, do you believe in communism? He say, No sir, I'm scared of it. He said, Well, hey nigga, do you believe in that free breakfast for children program that the Panthers got going on? And he said, Yes, sir, I'd die for it. He said, Well, nigga, that's a communist and a socialist program. He said, Sir, I wouldn't care if it's a Martian program. You put your hands on that program, I'll blow your head off. He said he had been learning. Not through just reading material, not through trying to influence the community, but through observation and participation. So that it starts with the individual. It always starts with the individual and any real influence as power. Will always uh, uh, go to the people if your, your your uh if your conduct is respected and and and, and the things that you're doing and the behavior that you're exciting in the community is right and exact. Okay, now I take, all I got long that, take all of that.
1: Take all of that, or take one of the forty-eight laws, and <clears throat> and if I'm dealing with the shelter in place. Or even worse, a lockdown or quarantine, or whatever. And there's social issues breaking out in the street on my block or down the street or whatever. How do I apply any of that to that situation?
0: Well, see, I'm not always uh, uh, dealing with the shelter in place or the COVID nineteen because this is just a moment. This is situational. You know, this this won't always exist. This hasn't always existed, and as I just said, I learned to apply these principles in prison, in a 17-year prison sentence where I was sheltered in place for 17, 365s. So it can be applied, and it's not necessarily worried about what somebody else is doing, but sometimes the, the proper principles of power is applied best and, and, and making sure that you have the, the right information to, to respond to what's going on around you, to give you the best response. Let me jump in here too, and and I want to say something just even in in regards to where he left off with that. One of the biggest, I think, issues people are facing, and I think we we kind of even got into this in our last discussion dealing with the whole COVID nineteen, is that people are not basically in tune with their own self. They're not in tune with being able to deal with having to look themselves in the mirror or deal with having to deal with their energy at this length of time. So many of our people are so caught up into always being socially interactive with other folks to the point that they have been led to not look within themselves, to find comfort within themselves. So they don't even feel good about who they are, what they are, what they can do, and how to define themselves unless they are constantly engaging in activity with other people. One of the biggest things that go into that, let me drop some more concepts on y'all, is, and this even goes into what you were saying, Psych, about the whole toilet tissue thing, there's a definition for that. It's called the Nexus Syndrome. And the Nexus Syndrome is, in a nutshell, a wave of sequential see and do actions based on the appearance of a leader or in-control igniter. The problem with that is the Nexus Syndrome is what allows agent provocateurs to jump in and redirect the crowd to join in on his or her directed target. So the thing about that is, you know, even going back to what you were saying about what you what, what would say and how the Panthers operate from the standpoint of show you, uh, you show someone how to do something from the standpoint of giving an example, show by example, COINTELPRO, remember COINTELPRO utilized that same, very same concept against us as a people. And that's why. I, I gave you the weaponized aspect of that, of that, which is the nexus syndrome. Because, mind you, for every good deed and action, they found a way to weaponize the behavior that surrounded and ignited the people around the Pacific action and turn it against us. Because one of the big things we have to look at, and then I'm going to go into another definition with that, is that if a person is spending just, say, one or two hours of day day, between a seven-day week, you know, one, just one – I use religion as a best example. majority of people, when they, when they practice a religion – now, let, let me just say not the majority of people. Let me just say a good percentage of the people, when they practice a religion, they set aside a specific day to recognize that religion or to in, invoke in practice of that religion. In doing so, within that day, that time they set aside, typically they just say a, ter- a church service. They go to church four hours, five hours max usually. And then that's that right there is supposed to carry them through the entire week. what most what falls short of is the, is the fact that what's supposed to happen is you reinforce whatever it is you find you you, you hold dear to you or that is supposed to be elevating you to a higher plane or higher level or or a higher consciousness throughout the week. We tend to forget the fact that if I'm only exposed to something out of Dealing with something 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I only set aside five hours, and then the rest of that week I'm bombarded against stuff that's counterproductive to that one thing that I set aside two, three, four hours for. Then, if you look at the totality makeup of that, you are going working a complete against the grain mythology of of salvation. Are you working a complete against the grain mythology of being able to elevate yourself to a higher level? because you are not practicing that concept on a daily basis and setting aside time for yourself to indulge in that. And so what happens with our people when we talk about empowerment, as we're talking now, and we're talking about our people bettering themselves, if they're only setting aside an hour or a couple hours, to so just say to read a book, to, to advance themselves and read, of the whole week, and the rest of the week, you're indulging in TV, you're indulging in the snacks, you're indulging into social media, you're indulging into dealing, getting online and even dealing with these, um, these Internet these internet grooves, these cats that just mentally masturbate all the time on Internet and just go way overboard with, with something just sounding good. We indulge in that kind of stuff and then think that we're not going to find a way to apply a new, a, a new form to our lifestyle then it's not serving any purpose. So all that basically does is put you in a mode of feeling good. But if you're not able to elevate yourself to a higher level and do that on a regular basis, then you're not getting nothing out of it. And the definition that goes into that is called mind cleansing. And what mind cleansing is, because mind you, when you're stuck on social media, you're stuck on watching television, stuck on watching reality shows and things like this, you are being programmed. You are being programmed, and you're being programmed to be dumbed down going into that whole concept of of the sequence of destruction, mental destruction. So the mind cleansing comes in when you want to deal with invoking of redefining your appetite to embrace higher quantitative content. Let me say that again, mind cleansing, the invoking of redefining your appetite to embrace higher quantitative content. So when you're redefining your appetite, that is the key to being able to put you on the track for dealing with empowerment, put you on the track to be in control of yourself. If your appetite is not there for that type of content, then you are not going to attract that type of information, that type of material, that type of resource, that those are those type of people. What you are going to attract is things that – Occupy your time like video games, like who the latest gossip, like negative hip hop, uh, negative hip hop. Now, mind you, I didn't, I wouldn't, that's actually the wrong way to say it because hip hop itself can't be negative. I would just say negative rap music, that's the better way to put it. Negative rap music or negative music in general or negative activities that do nothing to actually elevate your mind and elevate who you are. And if you don't have the correct appetite to elevate yourself, then what you indulge in seven days a week, 23, 22, 21 hours of the day, mind you, you, everybody's going to get a little something in, mind you, is going to completely offset, embellish, and drown out any productive um, trait that you could carry on. Because mind you, you have to have a repetitive pattern. We have to get into a habitual pattern, whether it's something progressive or something negative. If If you're not in a habitual pattern to better yourself, an habitual pattern to deal with embracing higher quantitative con- con- uh, content, then you're not going to get there. So I think that's one of the things we got to talk about. So that that, that step that Sykes talking about in terms of bettering yourself and, and going inside of yourself is first clean- going through the process of mind cleansing. So you need to go through an active process of changing your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, social, politically, economic lifestyle to have and to want a better process for yourself. So I would say going into this whole quarantine part of something that can come out of the COVID-19 is for people to actually be able to face themselves. And most people can't face themselves because when they do, they get frustrated because they're not willing to address the fact that they need to have a better appetite. They need to change their diet, so to speak. You have to want to embrace change in your diet, and who you are, in your makeup. And that's kind of what we're getting at today. The point being, change yourself and start with yourself. But you have to do it progressively, and you have to do it, you have to be determined to do that mind cleansing, that progressive mind cleansing for that matter. Now I turn it over to whoever else want to jump in on that. <clears throat> to, to, um, to kind of add on to what you were saying um, you know, you have a situation where most people, and this is why people say so much that they're so bored right now, and they can't wait till this is all over and everything get back to normal. They're so bored. I remember uh, probably 25 years ago, you told me, uh, Brother War, you probably don't even remember this, but I told you one time. I said I was bored, and you said you bored, mm-hmm. and you said. Uh, are you at your uh, are you at your highest mental level? Do you feel like your body is exactly where it needs to be? Is your finances where they could possibly be? Are you at your highest spiritual evolution? You asked me the whole question. I said, no. He said, you can't be bored. Because bored means you ain't got nothing to do. And if you haven't reached your peak on all those things, then you do have something to do. The thing you give most people, when they say they're bored, they're not saying they don't have anything to do. They're saying they don't have anything to distract them. And that's kind of what you was dealing with when you were saying that they want they want social interaction. They want they want to be entertained. They want they want something that keeps them from actually having to deal with themselves and take control of their own thoughts. And that leads back into what I was saying earlier when I said knowledge is power. Because knowledge does give you power and give you the ability to control your environment in some way, form or fashion. And people hear that and they'll say, well, knowledge is the potential for power, but, but but, I think it's because we have the wrong definition of what knowledge itself is. There are, there are five stages of mental evolution, and those five stages, based on, based on where you're at, you're able to recognize uh, 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 information on different levels. The five stages are data, information, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Now, most people that you come in contact with, most people, the, the masses, are moving around endlessly through data, kind of like in the movie The Matrix. They don't know that they're in a computer program. They don't know that everything that they're looking around at is not real. They don't know. So they're just moving around endlessly, going to work, making their check, doing everything, the same thing, over and over and over again, repeatedly not knowing that they're plugged into a system. That's the the masses of the people. They're just moving through data and don't recognize it. And then at at the stage of information, uh, information is one that data is recognized, and then it has been explained, quantified, and codified. That's what, that's what information is. That was separate data from information. Uh, e equals MC squared. Einstein didn't make it up. That formula exists in nature. Right. That formula is, 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 is how energy turns into matter and matter turns into energy. Einstein didn't create it. It was created at the beginning of time. Einstein is credited with recognizing this and then codifying it in a way to make it understandable to human experience. That's when it becomes information. But it becomes knowledge when you learn how to utilize that information to bring about changes in your environment. That's when it's not – that's why they say knowledge is power, because power is the ability to bring about a result. It's the ability to bring about an effect, and knowledge gives you that ability. Let's say, for example, uh, uh, Brother E and Brother Walt both go into the forest. Brother E just happened to have a knowledge of carpentry. Brother Ward doesn't. So y'all stuck in the forest, nobody around, y'all got both of y'all got tool boxes. Brother E says, Man, I need to go, both of y'all say I need to make a house. Brother Ward says, Man, we could make a house if we had lumber. But the E looks at the trees and automatically sees lumber. He takes his tools and cuts the trees down. He knows that hardwood is good for rough carpentry and softwood is good for uh for finished carpentry. He builds an entire house, builds a rocking chair, a bookshelf, and he's sitting inside, inside his house, rocking, enjoying himself, chilling, uh, 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 eating his sandwich and his, uh, and his uh, uh, hamburger and pepper, enjoying himself. But it was out there in the rain and the cold, water falling all on him, sitting there wondering, man, what did they do to get the lumber from? His lack of knowledge uh, uh, yeah. blocks his vision. And doesn't give him the ability to know that trees is where lumber comes from, or even how to manipulate the tree and to become in the house that he needs it to be. And that's the situation where people, are, uh, that's why people find themselves lost and lacking the power that they need in life because they lack the right type of information that they can utilize and turn the knowledge that will give them power. And as you said, I'm in 100% agreement with. In times like this, when you can't go to work. When you can't do all the other things that you would like to do. What you should be doing is building your power base, and the power base starts with the construction of the ideas in your own mind. Hey, hey, uh, we got a caller that want to jump in if y'all are right. Um, let me bring him in. Uh, ending in 3360. You're on now,
2: to the uh. National Chief of Staff, Brother Ward, to the other host here. I just want to chime in as it deals with knowledge. You know, something I've learned from uh, what you showed me is that knowledge, when we deal with supreme knowledge or higher knowledge, can actually lead you to your purpose. You know what I'm saying? It could, it could be actually the pathway to reach you to your ultimate divine purpose. You know different levels of life So you know I just wanted to add that in uh, The brother was so eloquently Talking about it, and I just want to Kind of chime that in On what he was saying sir And thank you for this opportunity Bless it to all the people here abroad on the radio station Thank you for this opportunity to speak And share my thoughts with you Black power
0: Black power meet you jumped One thing I want to say, I'm, let me jump in on that one real quick, um, going into the, uh, the aspect also in terms of another, another definition that deals with uh, people's lack of recognizing that their, their, current, their current state, like, like what Psych was talking about, with being bored, that's referred to in terms of a functional disorder. And that functional disorder exists without a known organic cause or directed mental structural change. And to break that down plainly, it's when someone does not know that they are in a state or an existence that causes them to be codependent on their environment to the point to where they can't even recognize what their environment is. Like when Psych was talking about not recognizing wood, see that would be the difference between someone saying, Hey, I know what a chair is, or I know how to use a rocking chair. Now, People make the mistake all the time and say they know what something is versus how to use something. Now, there is always an instruction book given when you buy products on the use of that product, but most of the time, 95% of the time, those, those uh, products you buy don't come with what's referred to as a technical manual. And the technical manual will actually give you the breakdown, the maintenance, and the uh, actual operation of how what that product is that's like a vehicle for instance vehicles usually come with a a, a a operator's handbook you read that handbook now you know how to use that car but for you to say i know what a car is in essence is going into basically defining the, the mechanics that it takes to ignite cylinders, to cause pistons to drive, to cause a dry train, train, chain to work, to cause that, that, that object to actually transport from point A to point B. So that's really what you get into what knowing something is. So going back to that chair example or all that, all that furniture example, most people don't know the products that make up the, the things that they purchase. And, and from that, they find, they find themselves in a state of existence that causes them not to be able to be functional in terms of being empowered. They're actually codependent on the process of production to the point to where all they can be is consumers. And so, therefore, their existence becomes a a process of constantly engaging in labor exchange for, for currency, so to speak, so that they can purchase a product and it puts them in a domesticated state of always trying to exchange labor or use a labor as a tool for wealth, never, never knowing how to be ingenuitive or how to be a visionary or how, or how to invent or cast and create for themselves. This is the same thing that goes into how um, people would, would, would mow down a, a grocery store and fight over a canned good or fight over that package of beef and then walk right out the store, and there'll be a dozen squirrels running around the store just playing, going up and down, and, and just minding their own business, and everybody's fighting over, on, over the last can of beans. See, they don't recognize that animal they're going in there and fighting over because, to them, nature is a completely separate, uh, separate environment from where they came from. They're not in tune with nature, so they don't even understand or uh, even can relate to the process of being able to get their own meat, grow their own food, or what that is what is it like to be self sufficient in terms of just the basic process or even the know how to do that kind of stuff. So then those are the kind of people that would be bored. But that's existing with a functional disorder of not knowing self. So I think y'all can jump in on that. Buddy, what yet? Oh,
1: you have uh, we got a caller that uh, might want to say something about that. Um, okay. Seven two four
0: four. Are
1: you are you there? Mm-hmm. in?
2: Oh yes, sir, yes sir. Hotel peace and black power family. How y'all doing, brothers? We're good. We're good. Peace. Excellent. Excellent and silk family, family 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 um, this is this is this is brother Equani from calling from uh south carolina and uh definitely uh you know uh you know thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh engage in you know such a topic with uh such such uh, brilliant minds especially at this time when we we're talking about going to your your place of conscious thinking is is not so popular. There's not so much of of a thing to do. Uh coming up being black in America or basically black in the diaspora. Uh if you're African, black, melanated all over the globe, uh there you can hardly ever find any culture, substantial culture that is going to help lift up the quality of of being that you genuinely are. And I I think when we when we get to where we are today looking at the education, looking at, you know, a lot of the family values that we have had uh passed down via uh, you know, slave traditions. Um, you know, a lot of us will stand and argue uh with one another, insisting that hey, we are far removed from slavery, that this is definitely something that um is is is, is in the past. But I'm a one that, that definitely thinks that if you can't or if you don't study your history, you're going to be doomed to repeat it. And that is the actuality. That is a fact, and that's where we are as people. And understanding, like uh, the brother was just speaking on, the components. Uh, going back to our ancestors, that's where they were able to understand the many uh, different components, uh, understanding the synergistic uh, flow of of nature uh, nature has many different components, just as your body does our bodies have many different components, but the unification um, the fact that all of your body uh, limbs all of your 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 faculty can can now come together to help converge to help you move or help the collective move in a, in a manner that's going to be uh, beneficial for the collective um This is something that definitely puts us in a good place, and a thing that where we as a black people, as African people, however we got here, if we want to blame it on the white man or if we want to you know uh you know look at ourselves, however we look at it, this is the place that we are, and it's something that we have to start fixing and looking at our dependency on many Abrahamic religions not coming to shoot anybody. But, you know, when, you know, I know coming up and in, in, in coming in Abrahamic religion, uh, you know, those those means of thinking, it doesn't really teach you how to be an owner. Um, like the last brother was, was saying, like we rather than thinking that you can do or that you associated with a great power, like Dr. John Henry Clark said, he looked in the Bible and he couldn't find any representation of himself that was great. You understand we see white Jesus, white, you know, uh, disciples and things of that nature. So it's hard to feel good about yourself. So I, I do feel like it is about understanding what the Creator bestowed upon us and who we are and the fact that we appreciate that. That is where your consciousness starts. Your consciousness starts in knowing and being aware of who you are knowing and being aware of your lineage that brought you to the place where you are, because if it weren't for them, there would be no you, understanding the many different uh, components that it takes, whether it be air, whether it be water, whether it be earth. You understand? Understand that all of these are very important. and Going back to our dependency on those things, right now we're dependent on the European whom he controls your water, he controls your food, we need to go back to our understanding and our appreciation and dependency on these very things that were important to our ancestors and should be very important to us, not the technology. All right,
0: brother. We appreciate that. And I'm going to build up on some of this. I'm going to go ahead and mute mute too, Mike. So I want to say one thing in regards to what he was getting at. Uh, in dealing with uh being in, embracing and dealing with nature, one of the things in terms that I like to to refer to as it applies to that would be the human ecosystem and in dressing and dealing with the human ecosystem, this is the ability for us to recognize all of the aspects of the mechanisms that make up the human body and and the proper functionality of that human body. One of my favorite examples in dealing with that is going to saying and, I, and uh, this is one of the uh, a Good Brother Panther saying that was always uh, inspired me, With nobody likes to be the asshole. Everybody wants to be the head, wants to be the mouth, they want to be the centerpiece, but nobody likes the asshole. The asshole is a completely underrated part of the human anatomy. Nobody wants to be the asshole. But what we often forget that is with that mouth that you always want to use and always want to take something in, if you constantly take taking in, what you will find very quickly is that your body, your system, the entire human ecosystem will implode in, on itself. <clears throat> without the use and the recognition and the mightiness of that asshole, whatever you bring in, as your intestines die, extract any nutrients. Your stomach, and extract any nutrients that, that, that come through your mouth. Your, your 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 mouthpiece. If without the use of that of that asshole, you would not be able to extinguish all of the mess that you constantly take in. So the asshole, people, is very important, <laughs> super important, and just as important as the mouth hole, the mouth. In saying that, what I want to get into is the fact that. We get lost in the content and the substance of what we are and what makes us. So when dealing with that human ecosystem, the problem is a lot of us are not recognizing the, the lack of nutrients that we are bringing into our body. So, therefore, we, have, we tend to bring in a lot more. When you're starving and you're not getting enough nutrients, then that means you have to eat more in order to get the proper amount of nutrients that your body needs. Now, we also have to apply this to the physical, mental, and spiritual aspects of the whole system. I refer to that as the trifactor. So the problem is a lot of times we tend to look at things linear again to the point to where we don't see the interconnectedness, which is why I refer to it as a human ecosystem. We don't, we're not looking at all parts of the being that makes up what we are and who we are. Since we don't look at all parts, we fail to recognize the relationship that we have with everything that we take in. Therefore, we're not identifying with the fact that our body is starving, our mind is starving, and therefore, it causes us to take in more television, take in more substance that is not doing us any good, but as far as all we know is that we're craving to take something in. But go back to the concept of someone craving to take something in and can sit down and watch five, six, seven hours of of useless television. But then if you stick a book in front of them, a technical book or a technical manual dealing with psychology, mind, adaptability, uh, electronics, you know, anything that can educate them, they can only digest 30 minutes of it. (laughs) And then they get tired, you know. So they can watch six hours of television, you know, because there's not enough nutrients in that. But then you slap a real book in front of them, and they fool in 30 minutes. And we see this all the time with people. That's because we don't know who we are, again, and we're not in, in relationship and in tune with what we need to be to be empowered as a people, to deal with the, with the with our topic, you know. And so from that standpoint, we have to redefine and redevelop our appetite so that we can have functional power, so to get into the concept of functional power from that standpoint, we have to know how the human apparatus is supposed to function. What is the actual functioning of it versus the dysfunction? So we've been breaking down elements and processes as it applies to functionality and dysfunctionality because, again, if we are in a state of despair, in a state of, of distress, we're going to be gifts. Function. And by being dysfunction, then we're not going to have power. And then we're going to go back to what E talks into and deal with why, why we don't have any. Because a lot of people sit up and, and, and be at a loss as to why we are powerless or why I am powerless or why I am frustrated, why I'm going through this. And that's because they, they have not yet established themselves down that path of, again, dealing with mental cleansing or mind cleansing, they have to, you have to make that up to yourself. I would say what we even need to do, let me throw a new, a new term and a new coin out there. I would say, and let's start this with today's show, I would say what we need to do is start a COVID-19 resolution. What are you going to apply to yourself as a result of coming out uh, coming out of this on the other side of the COVID-19 or the quote-unquote quarantine, which we're not under, but the state, the shelter-in-place order. The point being, how can you take, what is it you're going to do, why you're sheltered in place, why you are forced to have to face yourself in the mirror, forced to have to live with yourself now instead of being able to socially integrate with all kinds of mindless other, other, other situations that can take your energy. Now that you have to focus on yourself, make a COVID-19 shelter-in-place resolution to start yourself down the path of dealing with mind cleansing, getting out of that nexus syndrome, getting out of that functional disorder and getting into some functionality as it applies to power, knowing what the human ecosystem is, is makeup, and not just simply knowing what, how to use it, but knowing actually what it is, and that's the inner workings of yourself and who you are. Stir out a mirror and say these things to yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say, my COVID-19 resolution is mind-cleansing, getting myself on a progressive, active, projective track to being empowered, People's Black Panther Party is telling you this. The Panther 48 panel is telling you this. We have to, people, develop solutions. The solutions are kind of sort of there already. And like Psych was saying, the definition and concept is simple. It is the applications that become complex. And applications become complex simply because we have that ability for to be a free thinker. And for that ability to be a free thinker or dealing with the consciousness, every, every little bit of your environment, every little bit of your experiences that make up you are a little bit different than the next person because everybody does not obviously share the same time, space, reality, yet alone perception. So they're, they're that room to be stupid is your grace. But we want to pull you and extract you out of that. We want to take you out of the matrix. We want to yank you out. We want to unplug you. And in doing so, it does no good other than making you commit suicide, mental suicide, if you are not ready, capable, and willing to mind cleanse. Don't ask us to pull you out. Don't listen to this program just to be like, mm-hmm, and, and join the quiet. Don't be don't be a cheer on. We're not doing this. We're not saying this stuff to get hand claps. We're not saying this stuff to get kudos. We're not saying this stuff to hear ourselves talk. It is about extracting. And if you're not ready to be extracted, don't listen to this show. Go back to listen to those mental masturbators on, on, on social media that just wants to sound good and sound big. That's not where we are. That's not what this is about. Go back to getting caught up in your, you know, theories of 5G or other elements of, of, of COVID-19. That's not what this is about. We titled this show COVID, with a reference to COVID-19, because we want to grab your attention and cause you to think beyond COVID-19. This is about going beyond this. This is about being able to take advantage of a situation that you have been forced into to better yourself. No pain, no gain. This is a perfect opportunity. And then one one other, other uh, guest, jump in on this. Well, I, want, I wanted to add to this because uh, when we're discussing things like power, I know that sometimes uh, it's easy to go into the idea that power, one power is wrong or that only the corrupt or the evil or the deceitful will power. You know, and I wanted to address that real quick, just in case those thoughts was was going around with anybody listening to the show. Because there is nothing inherently wrong with power itself. As I said earlier, power is a natural function of the human being. The human being has five basic drives. If you ever want to understand what somebody is doing, look at look at whatever action, whatever words the person is saying. Look at them and ask yourself these five things: Are they trying to survive? Are they trying to create a relationship? Are they trying to get power, freedom, or fun? Those are the drives. You either trying to survive, create relationships, get power, freedom or fun with every single thing that you do. And so those are the basic, those are the basics of, of, of our of our of our of human needs that drive us toward any move that we make. And 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 to give a quick, quick breakdown of that, uh, uh, survival is self explanatory. Survival is food, clothing, and shelter. Of making sure that we're taken care of and that no one is able to harm us making sure that I'm able to eat drink water that I'm able to stay warm that I'm able to sleep well at night that I have my basic needs and the things that that me and the people that I love require that drive is our first natural natural drive and and it and it it, it, it even fuels us our way down to the concept of the fight or flight syndrome that 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 will move us forward without us even consciously thinking about it just so we can survive and then next, we want to build relationships with others because those relationships secure our place in reality. If you think about it, human beings existed way before we built cities and big civilizations. We were walking around through the wilderness, and the human being is not the strongest physically animal uh, creature in the, in, the, in the wilderness. We are the most intelligent, and by coming together in groups, we was able to protect and defend ourselves. Now think about this: if you was ever kicked out of the group. For some reason, for some unruly activity or something that the group frowned upon, then it was a death sentence. Because then you had to brave the wilderness alone. So the last thing a person wanted to do was be outside of their relationships. That's why we join gangs, join political parties, uh become members of religions, and join churches or mosques or whatever it is that we join, create families, hook up with a woman or, be, uh, or women, hook up with men, and, and create families so we can have those relationships. Then we want power, because power gives us the ability to not only secure those relationships that we have formed, but to guarantee our survival. If you have power, you don't have to worry about where your next meals are coming from or, what, or how your tomorrows are going to be taken care of. The greatest uh, uh, fear comes when you feel powerless. And then power moves us to freedom, and then if we secure the first four, then we want to be entertained or we want to have fun. And if you look out into the social environment, those who focus the majority of their attention on fun usually end up being the people with the less power, the least, the least amount of freedom. But those who focus more on freedom and power and things of that nature are put, put themselves in a position to have fun on a level that the people that just focus on fun can't. So these are the these are basic things that the human being needs and that drives the human being's uh, uh, actions in this world. Now, dealing with that, you have to understand that that, that, that resources are, are, are limited. And because they are limited, all human beings are in competition with each other in some way, form, or fashion. And so, therefore, there, there come threats to our power. There are people outside of us or groups outside of us that will take our power from us in order for them to have more power. They're not wrong. Don't look at them as all they're wrong. They're doing. They're. 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 They think of it like another person on the other side of a chessboard. Every move that he make is moved. he moving it in a way to checkmate you. And if he get closer to checkmating you, you don't say, "Man, you wrong. You trying to checkmate me?" He's supposed to try to checkmate you. Your job is to make sure that you playing the, the game with such skill that he can't. That's your job. Your job is to make sure that he can't checkmate you, you, and that you can checkmate him before he can checkmate you. That's your job, and that's why we're talking about uh, uh, knowledge and power and things of that nature. Because this is reality, and the blueprint for Black Power. <clears throat> and I'm gonna paraphrase it because I don't remember to quote verbatim. Uh, Amos Wilson—he's quoting somebody else, but Amos Wilson said he says that a, uh, a a concentration of too much power in the world is a bad thing. And he says an concentration of power in the world is also equally a bad thing. The fact is you will have power structures, struggles. Those things are not inherently good or bad, just how you respond to them, how you deal with them. I believe this in the second chapter when he he gives the intro, that intro to the second chapter, he says that. And I think that's an important thing to understand. Power is not bad. Uh, Finances are not bad. Only those who would want you not to have power or not to have finances will tell you that. And then you'd run around the world thinking thinking it's a virtue to be powerless. I think it's a virtue to be broken poor. And and, and, and those things are not virtues because the, the word virtue literally is a Latin word that means strength. And the opposite of a virtue is a vice, a weakness. So if you're weak, then that's a vice. It's definitely not a virtue. But I just wanted to add that, 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 that idea to the power uh, conversation because I know somebody is going to take that idea that – that uh, uh uh and they told my power, but only the greedy have power. And then I want to use this again. I use it as, as a as philosophy. But even for those who are Christians or follow the Judaic religions, in the in the book of Genesis, it says that the first thing that God gave man was dominion. He gave him power over the things around him. He gave him dominion over the over the things in the earth, the things in the sea, and the things of in the ground. His first gift was dominion was power. So so. Even from that standpoint, we have to understand that we have to produce for ourselves individually and for yourself as a group and as a community, you have to produce power and you have to be in in a position to safeguard power. And the brother quoted John Henry Clark earlier, but I want to quote another quote from John Henry Clark that I love, made all the sense in the world. He said that you have to understand that nobody in power will ever educate you on how to take power from them. Nobody does that. So if you wonder why you never got the education to acquire power, it makes it all the sense in the world. Because if you're going to the school systems of the people that have power over you, they would never give you the education needed to take power from them. Nobody does that. And that's how we have to start looking at this thing, not as a good or bad thing, but as power is my one of my natural drives as a human being. And I need to put myself in a position on the board to make sure I'm not checkmated. Are y'all there? Y'all been dead on me tonight. What's up with y'all? No. Uh, my bad. I d I wanna I wanted, I mean, I wanted to make sure my you know how background noise coming in from me. Okay. So, so. I thought y'all wanted to do a show on strippers or something. Maybe
1: that'll get y'all excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> hey, in, in regards that's to one of the things joke. you
0: said, I, I want to I say this, though, in regards to one of the things you said in, uh, about the chessboard and, and, and that, there's a common phrase that's always, that you know, cliche that people always say from that perspective, don't hate the player, hate the game. I want to elevate that to the next level. And it's not don't hate the player. It should be don't hate the player, learn the game. And that's the problem too many of us have is that we, we, we drive into our emotions and we want to get into the indulgence of hating or, or being upset with somebody that is better than instead of recognizing the fact that my frustration, actually the source of that frustration is the lack of me knowing myself. Because if I don't know myself, I don't know my potential. If I don't know my potential, I can't actively, kinetically engage in making myself a better person so that I can make that more progressive and powerful move. And the law of nature in itself is always about the survival of the fittest species within itself. The whole concept of DNA constantly changing and evolving within the, the, uh, the, the, the Pacific life structure has to do with survival of the fittest. And so if we don't take that same perspective, as it applies to our mental and spiritual capacity, not just physical, but our other elements to deal with the trifactor, the tri, tri then we're going to find ourselves constantly being in a position to be preyed upon, basically what happens. The, if you, going back to what I was, you know, addressing earlier in regards to Illuminati, remember that. One of the things I said here was the secret of power is that power never rests upon those who deserve it. And see, that's the key, because people tend to think that they deserve to be treated better. Where do you get that? We have to realize what you're dealing with. And it says power is given to those who reach to take it and claim by those who are willing to stop at nothing to fulfill what they believe is their birthright. So basically, quoted from the Illuminati itself, it's telling you that it is they design or consider things to be their birthright to be in control and to be in power. And if we're going to continue to play the role of the victim, the victim, then we will continue to be the victim. That would, that's the, if that's the player that we choose to be on the chessboard is the victim, is, the, is, is consistently being the victim, then don't hate the victimizer for playing the role of the victimizer Or the predator playing the role of the predator We have to define Like we start off with all of our, our, our Discussions We have to define the parameters We have to define who we are We have to define our construct So let's always know that If you don't create and define Your construct Then you will have somebody constructing you You will have somebody defining who you are And if you allow anybody other than yourself to define what you are and what your makeup is and to know who you are, they become your master because they are the one that is dominating or controlling your will. If so, we don't recognize and have that appetite and know our own willing, our own will and our own strengths, our own weaknesses, and be able to embrace and embody our, our total functionality as, as, as beings. As part of the system, then by design, someone else will. It is simple as that. That that is not just humanity; that's just life in general. Everything is is, is a part of a total totality of the system. So, people, it's all about recognizing, working, recognizing your 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 place. Period, and knowing what codependency means. See, when we give you all these definitions, it's not just to sound good. It's not just to say a definition. You know, the point being is so that we can break past the language barriers. Because, again, when you allow your enemy to define your reality, then in doing so, they control your reality. They drive your perception. They determine what you are versus you being in control of what you are. And that applies all across the board. So the point is, is, work on defining yourself. Work on being a better and a more progressive and a you. Know what you are. Put that, put that mental foil paper or fall cap on your head and be able to isolate your thoughts. Don't constantly let yourself be embellished by subliminally injected thoughts. But be in control and define and, and figure out, What is actually your thoughts? What actually pleases you? What actually causes you to have a willpower and a drive to move forward? So in doing so, you are developing your political power, your people power, your military power, your economic power, your social power. You are defining power. And in doing so, you gain that functional power that we're talking about. That's the whole point. Brother E, you want to close us out on this? All right. This country, you got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get
2: the power. One of the lies that we tell ourselves is that we are making progress. We're not making progress. We tend to equate
0: progress with confessions.
2: We can no longer make that mistake. In areas where
1: our people live, uh, our political philosophy of black nationalism with us only means that we should control the politics and the politicians. And economic philosophy of black nationalism only means that we should control the businesses and create employment opportunities for ourselves. And the social philosophy of black uh, nationalism only means that we should do something to uplift the standard and the level of our own society. You must define
0: beauty for black people. It is time for you to stop running away from being black. Black power so no means that we must unite. We must unite and we must organize to form a base to fight.
1: See, it's no in-between. You're either free or you're a slave.
2: They not want us to use black power. I got news for them. One we, we want freedom. We want power to determine the destiny of our own black communities.